and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network, and uh, I am very excited about our show today. We are going back to the Chicago area again. Um, as promised last week, our guest this week is the fat femme Asian sensation, Matteo Valentine. Um, of course, Matteo featured on uh, NLS is for everyone uh, earlier this month. That show is going to be hitting IWTV, um, hopefully in the next coming weeks. And so everybody will get a chance to finally see that, myself included. But I um, was really excited to get the chance to sit down with Matteo. You know, Matteo's have been very outspoken about uh, LGBTQ and Asian American issues within pro wrestling in his short time in the world of pro wrestling. But um, voices like Mateo are the ones that really keep things moving in the right direction when it comes to um, representation of all sorts in pro wrestling, be it racial, queer, um, any any marginalized or underrepresented community. Um, continuing to push forward and to make pro wrestling into this image of wrestling is for everyone um the the ideal behind that so very excited to sit down with mateo and talk about a lot of the stuff as well as some fun stuff too obviously because there's a lot of fun when it comes to mateo uh but before we get to that uh it has been a eventful and uh somewhat uh mournful week in pro wrestling obviously um since we last uh were here um biggie uh beloved beloved figure throughout pro wrestling and really beyond pro wrestling at this point um suffered a broken neck on smackdown this past friday um luckily is not gonna need surgery um according to him you know it's uh You know, I don't normally tout out the the miracle word, um, really, <laughs> at all. Or, or it's very rare occurrence. Uh, but to hear that the injury that he sustained is not going to require surgery is truly uh, a wonderful thing to hear. Um, obviously, it's still going to be a uh, long road back for him. And you know, all I really wish is that he's able to make a a uh, good recovery for himself and, and get back to the point where he can just live his life normally. If he comes back to wrestling, you know, and can do it safely, bring it. I mean, Biggie is one of the most positive, uplifting, and um, truly joyful presences presences in WWE right now and all of pro wrestling really right now. And you know, wrestling would lose something from not having Big E in it, but at the same time, you know, health, his health matters more than anything, so get well soon, Big E, you know, if you if we see you in the ring, we see you in the ring, but just, you know, get back to, get back to <laughs> slapping meat, I guess, is, is the right way to put that, um, and then of course, also the passing of Scott Hall, um, I, I, trust me, I've seen a lot of the outpour from from wrestling fans, from wrestlers, promoters, anybody really 
that has any kind of connection or drew some kind of connection from pro wrestling has at least one memory of Scott Hall um, that sticks with them. And, you know, his untimely passing this week uh, really struck a chord with a lot of people and brought a lot of those memories back, myself included. You know, I've, I've mentioned multiple times on this show the, the first real image that drew me into pro wrestling was just flipping channels and catching a Monday Night Raw where Razor Ramon and Goldust were fighting in the locker room or in the, the backstage and fought out into the snow in the lead up to their match at the Royal Rumble that ultimately was Razor Ramon's final uh, WWF pay-per-view match at that time before going to WCW and becoming, I, in my opinion, the epitome of what he uh, represented in pro wrestling in WCW. Um, with the introduction of the NWO. But those memories, yes, they stick with us and those resonate with us, and those are the things that we're going to cling to whenever these things happen. But um, as was pointed out by a uh, friend of the show, Colette Aaron, on on Twitter, like we also have to remember Scott Hall, the man. And you know, I think there's a lot of people that have been out there talking about how cool he was and how original he was and just how uh, much he embodied uh, charisma and personality but at the same time you know he was incredibly selfless Um, he knew pro wrestling through and through and was really a factor in so many different things that um really brought pro wrestling to the heights that it did. You know, just like small bits and things here and there. Um, But they all have a little bit of Scott Hall on them. Obviously, he had his own um, issues that he dealt with. You know, we all know the story of, you know, his um, addictions getting the hold of him until, you know, Diamond Dallas Page was able to help him kind of come out of that somewhat and have this, you know, sort of renaissance, so to speak, on, on the independence, you know, with some WWE appearances here and there, two-time WWE Hall of Famer, versus whatever stock you want to put in that title. Um, you know, Scott Hall was troubled at times, but ultimately is defined by how he treated the people around him and how he treated those that he stepped into the ring with, you know, and, you know, I never got, I never met Scott personally, you know, um, but from all accounts, I can tell that, uh, he was a pretty stand up guy and, you don't, always get that from that era of pro wrestling (laughs) much less in a tag team where you have like kevin nash and scott hall together being two of the dudes that understood what what the mission was um when it came to stepping into the ring and then getting in front of the camera in the way that they did (sighs) i mean this this one's gonna sting for a while for a lot 
people, but um, our condolences to uh, Scott Hall's family, friends, colleagues, anyone that felt some closeness to him. Um, he will definitely be missed in the world of pro wrestling. Well, with, with that being said, let's uh, jump into my conversation with Matteo Valentine. All right, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, welcome back to LGBT in the Ring. I'm very happy to have as my guest this week someone who has been making a name for himself in the Chicago area, um, Chicago-style wrestling, Berwyn Championship Wrestling, um, how many others? Uh, Proving Grounds, PAL Entertainment, like so many companies around the Chicago area, and hopefully we see them in places beyond Chicago coming soon. Um, one of the members of the match that we at the show sponsored at L NLS is for everyone. Please welcome the... <laughs> I want to make sure I get this right, and I feel bad because like, it just ran out of my brain. Fat Fem Asian Sensation. That Mateo is correct. Valentine. There that we go. Is, that is correct. The fat femme Asian sensation, Mateo Valentine. Yes, for my girls, gays, and theys, I am here. Thank you so much to LGBT in the ring for having me. And I cannot wait. I cannot wait for, for, uh, for this interview to like happen and all that stuff. I'm excited. I am too. I've been excited to have you on for, for a while now, honestly. If I can Are you serious? Completely candid. Oh, yeah. No, like I, I've been, you know, I've seen you over the, as I've delved more and more into chronicling independent pro wrestling through a queer lens and highlighting queer individuals in that in the business. Um, I've obviously been delving into a bunch of different local and regional scenes. And as soon as I turned my eyes to Chicago for a minute, like you were one of the first ones that popped out to me. I'm not uh -huh. gonna lie, you were like, it gets, <laughs> like what? I mean, obviously, one like you're, you're attitude and in-ring presentation is very very it, it draws the eye oh, let's, let's be real <laughs> oh, oh definitely I, I won't i won't blame you on that i won't yeah. blame you on that and you and joey mayberry together as a tag team like are just off the charts with, with charisma so oh, like uh, yeah obviously so, <laughs> so immediately that drew my eye there when i started looking at it and obviously like focusing on you you get to see kind of the circle that is built out around you now especially with people like Coda Holiday and uh Dog Murray and a number of other people in the Chicago scene too um so yeah like as soon as I saw that and then obviously like you being friendly with, with Lo friend of the show um that always <laughs> Hi, <Lo>. helps <laughs> that always, Hi, Lo. that, I hope you're listening helps. to this yes I I hope they are I hope they are somewhere out there where they're not shit posting on Twitter. I see that all the time. I see oh, that I all know. the time. And I'm just like, I want to reply to this so bad. <laughs> but I know if I text them, I'll probably never get a call. I'll probably never get a reply back. That's all right. We love, we love everything that we get. It's totally fine. <laughs> I'm not shading. I'm not shading. They know it's true. Exactly. No, but the book, I've really been excited to have you on because of your personality, your outspokenness about these issues <laughs> um, and being so present in that <laughs> Chicago scene that mm -hmm. I think does get, even on like a macro level of independent wrestling, I feel like Chicago tends to get overlooked for some of the same reasons that you've explained to me 
like before we started recording here about why the LGBTQ scene in Chicago gets overlooked when it comes to pro wrestling because oh, like yeah. you know outside of freelance like there aren't really many companies in Chicago that get like the IWTV or Fight TV treatment yeah um so and, and I don't actually I'll I'll like what I guess it be, might be better for you for you to, to kind of describe that like what is it like being in the Chicago scene without having the same sort of focus put on you as we see in other regions um I we I completely I completely understand like we're not you know Chicago is not like New York or like the New York New Jersey areas in over in the east coast we're not the California we're not the California it's just like it's this it's Chicago again it's like when you look historically about the city it's a huge trade city and so there's a it's a huge it's a huge metropolitan area and so when it comes to pro wrestling um we under it's like we all have the it's like I believe most of us have this understanding it's like there is something special about the city and we want to cultivate it and we want to keep it and we want to keep it growing so that and you know it's 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 pure it's pure midwestern Chicago and Chicago land all that um when it comes to when it comes to the companies that I work with, the the Chicago style wrestling, the Pow Entertainment, the Berwyn Championships, the um, Lucha Libre Totals, you know, I don't have that I don't have that privilege of having having some of my matches um, seen on the IWTVs or the fights or the title match networks, and so it's it's always been a dream of mine to to eventually be featured because I know that's going to be one of the biggest steps for my career is to be featured on those like on those platforms for my career to like be furthered and all that um however it's just like for me I I just I just want to keep on going I just want to keep on you know I I I learned from a very hard time that you know eventually it'll happen you know the the anger and the frustration will be there but you'll never know when it's going to happen and but it is going to happen yeah i mean especially if you keep putting in the work that, mm-hmm. that you are doing and making sure that you're ready for that moment when it comes i mean it's an old platitude by, by this point but you know you you have to like keep building on yourself for whenever that opportunity does come your way yeah and that's one thing I see a lot in the Chicago area with the companies that you work with and number of the people that are on those shows with you as well. Um, and also within, uh, as Coda explained to me, uh, the uh, four horse queers of, of Chicago. <laughs> not, the, not the four horse queers. Coda, Coda, okay, okay. So, um, so here's how it happened, okay? Yes. So uh, shout out to Chicago Style Wrestling. Uh, that's where we all, that's where we all train at um me joey mayberry um moondong murray and coda holiday when we found out about the qwi top 200 um and we found out that all four all, all four of all four of us all the all like the queer the queer training the queer people who were in the part of the uh, chicago style wrestling training training school were part of the qwi we were all just being like oh i think we're the four horse queers of chicago wrestling because it's just like who it's like it's like for us it's like who has most of their queers featured featured at, as part of top, the top 200 
not not you can you can you can not you can say not a lot of people and so it's just like I think I think you know our I, you know I think our trainers you know um J- uh Jason Haiti Steve Boz um and all the and all the vets and all the vets such as uh Vic Capri Marche Rocket Acid Jazz and all and um I'm, I know I'm forgetting other people and I'm gonna get heat for it but I don't care but it's just like um oh yeah and then uncle and um and a little, or uh, what's it? Uh, uh, Uncle Doug too. Um, they really, they it's like they really helped us to be like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna go, if you're gonna go for, if you're gonna go for, you know, full queer. If you're gonna go queer, go full queer. Go full on doing this. And so, and you know, it's like for, for you know, for us, uh, from you know, for us as queer people, as we were growing up, we were, some of us, some of us were taught to suppress that. And so it's like when we're taught and when we're taught in pro wrestling to keep on pushing that, you know, pushing that boundary, keep on going further and further and further and further, you know, sometimes you need to hit the poppers for that, but it's just like, uh, it's, it's, it's a little, it's, it's, it gets a little scary and intimidating because you're just like, oh my God, I can, I can, I can, I can be who I want to be in, in, in this space. It's like, it, it was, it was really, it's just, it was really amazing. And it was, it was huge, like identity shock. No, I can I can definitely understand that in in some ways. I'm curious, like whenever that that moment came, where the, like your people around you were like saying like you're going to be queer, go like full on and to the to the fullest extent that you want to or can. Um, was that something that you, whenever entering pro wrestling, you felt kind of reticent about, like having that suppressed uh, that that suppression of your identity in a way. Like, was that something that you felt like you would actually be able to do whenever you first started? Or was this something that you kind of cultivated as you grew in wrestling? Uh, I'll give you a little bit of backstory. Yeah. So before I became a professional wrestler, I was a professional uh, actor in the Chicago, in the Chicago land region. And uh, baby, let me tell you, I was burnt out. I was (laughs) hustling. I was doing the auditions and I felt, and I, and, you know, I got burnt out. I was, I was doing, I was taking bookings for the sake of getting bookings and getting my resume, getting my resume in. And I faced a lot of criticism and I faced a lot of um, institutional racism and institutional, um, and institutional toxic masculinity. And it's um, because and I, I talked to my therapist about this all the time because I was told, I was told from a, you know, a, a director and from and a director and a, you know, a lot of people, no one's going to book you because of who you look like. No one's going to book you because of your skin color. No one's going to book you based on how you present yourself. No one's going to book you because of how you, of how, how your voice sounds like, as you can hear right now, my voice sounds very like feminine and all that stuff. No one's going to book you because you're not masculine presenting or straight passing essentially uh, to quote uh, uh, I think a line from AJ Lee's um, April Mendez AJ Lee's book it's like no one's gonna book you because you're not fuckable and um, I felt that I felt that throughout my entire acting career decided to take a break I decided to take a break um, from acting to try pro wrestling because I always I always I from a theater perspective, I always love the allure of fight of fight choreography and nonverbal storytelling. And I told, and like I remember, it's like um, Steve Boz actually did it before I went into my school that I currently train at the Chicago Style Wrestling Academy. 
um, see Boz actually did a phone interview with me just before I came in and we're just like, tell me more about yourself, blah, 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 blah. And I knew one thing and that was important for me was my identity, was my, was my um, orientation, how I present myself, because I don't want to go back. I, I, it's like, we, I spent so many years in the closet. I don't want to go back. Who does? Who does? Who wants to go back in the closet? Yeah. It's like, who wants to go back in the closet? Unless it's like for career purposes, unless it's like for career purposes. And it's just like, I, it's like, blah, 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 blah. I understand. I understand that. But it's like, for me, baby, I spent like so many years in the closet. I don't, it's, it's a claustrophobic space. Mm. And so I, and so I told, I told, you know, I told Boz, Hey, I'm openly LGBT. I need to know if it's like an, if it's like a safe space, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, he was very open about it. He was very like, he was very like, you know, do this. It's, it's very like, we don't get, it's like, it's very safe it's very open. It's, it's very much, it's like, we don't care. Be, can you do a role? Yeah. Can you bump, you know, all that shit. And it was like, thank God, because I was just like, I didn't want to like, cause I always thought, I always thought I always, I'm so sorry if I like feel like I'm pinballing between you are my, totally fine. <laughs> um, I always felt like because wrestling was always presented as this hyper masculine sport, you always hear of like locker room talk in like, in like soccer, football, baseball, all these sports. And I was just like, I don't know if I'll fit it in because of blah, blah, blah. And like here at like the CSW Wrestling Academy, me being openly queer and all that shit, it was just like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> I, get to, I, I don't have to, I don't have to worry about my sexual orientation and I can just focus on the wrestling. I can imagine that took a load off of your mind. Oh, it definitely did. It definitely did. And to the point where I, I think it was just like this one part, there was this one part where, you know, we were practice, we were practicing and I gave someone a shoulder tackle and I did like a little, uh, like a little booty drop as like a sign of character and all that shit. Yeah. And people were just like, oh, <laughs> they were just like, they were, they were like, they were surprised. And that's like, that was like the, that was like the instant in which everyone and everyone and my trainers like said, it was like, I need you to do that more. If you're going to be a diva, because like I told everyone, it's like my, my inspirations are like the, like the OG divas, the knockouts from TNA, any kind of women's wrestler in the world is, is, pro, is my role model and all that. And so it's just like, if you're, it's like, I'm going to teach you how to fight like a girl mm. and all that stuff. And I, yeah. I, I always thought of that as a compliment being like, if you're going to be, tra- I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make you, fight, you know, I'm going to make you fight. Like, you know, I'm going to have you do a normalized suplex, like Alicia Fox. I'm going to have you do, you know, but, be- but better and all that stuff. <laughs> it like, having, it's just like, it was just so, it was just so inspiring. I don't know. I don't know mm-hmm. what else to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, totally fine. I mean, it sounds that way. It sounds like a really great environment to kind of come to, especially having those um, those fears in your mind prior to that. And then also your experiences from the theater world as well. Yeah. Like that just, that breaks my heart. Like, can you, like, like, can you imagine? It's like you were, it's like in my, in my professional world, it's like you're, it's like you cannot be, feminine you can't you it's like for a man you cannot be feminine you can't it's like blah 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 or else or else it's like if you are if you are presented like that you're going to be like casted you're going to be typecasted into something you know 
in, into like the stereotypical like feminine character blah 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 all that stuff I liked I liked to be it's like I was like okay fine I'll steal I'll steal the freaking I'll steal the freaking seed and I'll get reviews on it guess what and I did but it was just <laughs> um and so it's but like being told you know being told that you can embrace it's like I think professional wrestling every time because it's like what it's like because it like it made me help accept my 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 sexuality even more it it made me it made me it, it made me even more proud uh there's a reason why I call myself the fat femation sensation because I don't know Brian if you were if you were during like the the old the uh old school uh grinder and scruff and uh growler days <laughs> But if you remember the term, no fats, no femmes, no Asians, no spice, yes. no rice. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, for those that don't understand, it's like that, that term was like mostly on like the, like the, t- like the, the tinders, the bumbles, the grinder, scruff, growler, hookup um, applications on your phone. And they would just lit- and some profiles would literally say mask for mask, no femmes, no fats, no femmes, no Asians, no spice, no rice. And it was real. And it was just like, a, it was just like, people would publicly, they, they would publicly say that. And essentially say, it's like, Hey, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm racist. Oh no, but it's that's a preference. It's just a preference of mine, you know. Uh, blah blah blah. It's like I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, phobic. I'm not, you know, racist. You know, I'm not fat phobic. I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, to- toxic, you know, masculine or something like that. It's just my preference. And so I decided to take. I decided to take that back. I did, yeah. And so it's like, and so it's, that's why I like I, I embraced pro wrestling because it helps me accept that I am. I am feminine. I am feminine. I do. I, it's like whenever I wrestle, I do borderline, I do borderline between my, like the masculine and feminine spirituality that I'm part of. And, you know, it, it, it embraces everything that I am. And that's why I love professional wrestling. And I will, n- and I will always be grateful for it because it forced me to expose myself for who I am, but then it also, it all, but that, but the um, reward was tenfold. Mm. No, I mean, first off, like, yeah, the, oh God, I, it just like going back to like fucking like Bumble and Grinder days, just fuck. Fuck. And, and, imagine, imagine, but it's like, I would say, I'm like, imagine me being like, yeah being young and like being like and you know being queer and filipino and all that and like you're seeing and you're seeing that you're seeing that and you're just like wow blah 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 and it's just like it's like how can you you know how can you deter it's like how can you say that and see and see people like me as sexless and all that stuff blah 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 yeah i mean it's blatantly racist it's but yeah and it's a preference Brian, it's a you can church it up all you want like none of that's no like i i get what you're saying trust me like, i mean i was that per- i was that yeah. person too i was that person but then i grew up and i learned yeah i learned you know because it's like when i was a dumbass college kid you know and i was discovering what you know what it what you know was i was just like oh yeah i i don't know blah blah blah, blah. yeah 
Exactly. It's, it's all part of a growing process, but you grow out of those things. You yeah. grow out of those perspectives. You grow out of those things and you learn and you, you know, you embrace that. I learned, I learned, I learned, okay, there's this uh, whole thing. I think it was like Joel Kim Booster who said, I knew I was gay before I was Asian. I remember that. Yes. I've seen that. that yes. I knew I was gay because, okay, I went to a high school. I went to a high school and we were called the UN. Like we were, it's like, shout out to me in East High School, um, where it was like almost like every single ethnicity and all that shit. And so I knew, it's like, I knew that I was gay. I knew that I was gay. And I, it's like, I blah, blah, blah. It wasn't until I went to college that I knew that I was like, oh, oh shit, I'm brown. It's like, I'm, I'm Asian here. Cause it's like, it's all, you know, white people barely any black people you know some international students and I'm just like what the fuck I went to University of Pittsburgh I went to the University of Pittsburgh I love Mm -hmm. you guys I love you guys but that was like that was reverse culture shock for me because I was just like (laughs) why it's like I do not hear I I, I do not hear any like any people like speaking like 17 different foreign languages as I'm passing like the street or something like that yeah it was so weird I had, I, I kind of feel you, obviously I can't share the exact same experience being, you know, white and everything, but I had a similar like feeling of, of culture, like reverse culture shock when I moved to the West Coast, because I'm, I'm originally from Georgia, mm-hmm. like I grew up in like a very like diverse, like community, I would say, you know, and, but uh, like, and especially living racially in a, diverse yes or... racial racially diverse i yes. i always i always ha- i hate i hate that word sorry I i'm see. so sorry if i if i um, oh no no you're totally if fine. i interrupted you because it's just like <laughs> because of um you know covid and all that stuff and when george floyd yes and, you know brianna taylor happened um this whole there was this whole um we see you white american theater that was going on in the theater world Mm-hmm. and you know they were all talking about um you know we you know we stand in solidarity in you know these theater companies it's like we stand in solidarity you know against like the you know against the hate that was uh, you know placed against George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and all that stuff and I was just like y'all are racist as fuck as well it's like yeah. y'all are y'all are y'all are you know a predominantly white institution you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we really, and so it just like, we, and so it just like the one buzzword that I just really hated was just like the word diverse mm-hmm. because it just like, because it, you know, because now we have to like create a little bit of a subgenre about it. So it's like when, when people talk about diversity in diversity, do you mean like racial diversity? Do you mean, um, do you mean in kind of style diversity, whether that's in, whether that's, you know, modern Shakespearean, you know, um, absurdism, realism, or in like pro wrestling style and all that stuff. It's just like that, that it's like 2020. I, I always hated that word because I'm just like, you need to be more specific. You need to be more specific. It's about represent, it's about racial representation. It's about how like pro wrestling styles. It's a blah, blah, blah. I was like, (laughs) oh. Sorry if I went on that tangent, but keep. No. Uh, it's like you are totally fine. You are totally good. Like honestly, you're right. Like I, I try to like break certain speech patterns for myself, and like mm-hmm. that. That but word, you're learning. You're learning exactly, and that word can definitely be a um a thing that people can lean on very easily to to try and like seem like 
like they are part of this larger conversation exactly. or feel like they are part of that larger conversation where in actuality are you are you doing anything to back that up are exactly. you doing anything to actually like recognize that what kind of diversity you have there so i will i will step back and um i grew up in a very racially diverse area um i feel like it would have been a bit more diverse um in LGBTQ ideas, mm -hmm. um, but honestly, the only people I knew growing up that were LGBTQ in my tiny hometown in South Georgia were the florists and my dad. So, um, <laughs> but but I, I lived in Atlanta for like 11 years before moving out to the West Coast. And, you know, like there's there's just something about like Atlanta, the, the, the spirit that it has that just like it's, it just gets melted into you. And moving to the West Coast, um, where every where it's like a ninety five percent white uh, demographic, it's all, it's, they're all they're all they're all like in different places. Yeah, they're all it's like oh my god. Yeah, it's like all like the like all the different ethnicities are in like different places and all that stuff. And I was just like, let me go to a KBBQ place, please. God, yes. <laughs> no. That's the one thing I love about it's like in the West Coast. I'm just like KBBQ, hot pot, like all the it's like oh, the, oh my god, I want to go there. So I want to go back there, but it's like I realize everything's in a plaza. And I'm just like, oh come on, come on, guys. It's like I it's like Chicago. It's just like there's like, you know, there's apartments like above restaurants and there's above, you know, restaurants. Let me live that. I don't want to go to a plaza every time. And then everything else is residential or a school. Sorry if you live in California, but you it's like you 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 guys know it's true. <laughs> no, like I before I moved out here, like I worked at a I was a bartender at a place that was exactly like that restaurant bottom floor and then apartments like five floors up. Like I get it. It's like you just want to like break away from this, this other this idea of like society surrounding you. You just want to get away. It's a hot pot. Oh God. Yeah, now, yeah, I made you hungry. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. I know what I'm doing for dinner tonight. Anyway, now you know what you're gonna go for dinner tonight. Oh my exactly. god. Exactly. <laughs> but no, like that was definitely like a, a similar like culture shock for me because like you know coming out and just realizing that like none of these people around me have the lived experience that I have. It's just I can totally, to an extent, understand like some of some of that like what you're what you went through whenever you went to to pittsburgh you know um and another thing that you mentioned was really interesting to me this is something that's come up um partially at least in other conversations i've had on the show uh taking inspiration from the divas oh and and um i i know it's a very very common thing especially within the lgbtq community like that the divas have a a such a strong and large they have place they have a good ass grip on the gays yes they have a good ass grip on the gays <laughs> here's my here's my theory here's my theory for the ones that were you know who are very you know for me that i love being feminine and i love and i love like doing all that and all that shit um the divas were able no matter how many minutes that they had they were able to to take a hyper masculine looking sport and it is a sport you guys it's the it's sport theater um to take a hyper masculine sport 
and make it look aggressive while maintaining their femininity and mm. their and their and like all that is what allured me because it's like we're it's like it's like for me I love I, I love sadly when I say I love women it's not like that but it's just like when I saw it's like I it's like I it's like seeing seeing strong women who do that who do who defy gender norms and defy what women are supposed to do and all this stuff completely completely um inspire me all the time so mm-hmm. when I ever see a women's wrestler I'm just like you're gonna kick ass no matter fucking what <laughs> and I mean honestly the way you describe it it, it it really kind of coincides with a lot of the the journey that we see historically in pro wrestling for LGBTQ people as well yeah in terms of, you know like embracing this hyper masculine thing that's been defined as such by so many people for mm-hmm. like a century at this point but taking it and molding it and rewriting it in a way that you don't lose your own sense of identity while showing that you belong within this and that you can do this and offer something completely new like i think that's one of the main reasons why we've seen such a explosion of lgbtq identities on the on the independent scene specifically yeah. As well as you know, female wrestlers as well. Like I don't think women's wrestling has been this healthy from like your WWEs all the way down to the independents um, ever. Really. Yeah, there is. It's like I feel. It's like there's this huge boom. There's this huge rise, and I love. I you know, shout out to Rise. Um, both both ones, R I S E and R Y S E, that are that just cult that, that they really understand it and really cultivate it and i really love that you know it's it's just it's just amazing to like know that i'm i'm part i'm part of that i'm part of you know that whether i knew it or not instinctually or not but it was just very fun to see it's like fellow like even like more queers and more women are being part of being part of a scene that you know thought that the space wasn't wasn't for them but then they realize it's like oh wait it can't be and i'm gonna make it my space Hmm. when did you start to realize that that for yourself you know that, that that wrestling was a space for you there was a moment I, I do I remember it I remember it distinctively it was during the pandemic it was during the the height the 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 height when we were all in lockdown because I was like I think I was three months in and um the first stay at home order was on my birthday mm. and so we were all locked up cooped up and I was three months into I was three months into training and I was just like I was ready to quit I was ready to quit being like, I don't think it's like, I felt, I felt the imposter syndrome I, that everyone feels when they start training, whether you like it, whether you like it or not, guys, you guys feel the imposter syndrome when you guys are first starting training and you're just like, well, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just playing pro wrestler. I'm not a pro wrestler, blah, blah, blah. You know, and then on top of that, I'm an actor. So I was just like, I'm an actor playing pro wrestler. This is, I, it's like, I'm not actually, you know, I'm not, I don't, I don't have that title. And so, um, during the pandemic, during the height of the pandemic, I started to see my therapist and I started to um, talk like I, I, my therapist saw that I had neg- a lot of negative feelings toward my theater profession 
and I had a lot of positive feelings about my about pro wrestling uh, even though I was just like feeling the imposter syndrome and I'm feeling like, oh, I'm not doing this, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. And my therapist said, it's like, you f- it's like, do you notice that you are, that you are happier or what, do you notice that, you know, you are saying more positive things about pro wrestling than theater and it hit. Mm. It clicked. That was the first, that was the first click. And then when we came, and then when we came back, I think it was, I think it was when we, when we were able to like come back, um, when like the pan, when like the first wave like kind of like dwindled down, um, like when we were starting to go back into the ring and starting practice and all that stuff. I think it was in July, or I think it was in June. I have no fucking clue. Um, <laughs> it was a long time ago. Um, it just, it's like when I first and like we were calling out spots like basic spots and all that stuff it clicked it clicked again for me mm. and I think it was just like the accept I think it was just like the acceptance of like also also it's like I was part of like the like the the uh school's group chat now too mm. and so I told them it's like hey you know um just want to let you guys know you know I I am who I am blah 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 I'm not gonna fucking regret it blah 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 and they were all like saying like we got you we got you we got you blah 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 it's like we love your presence all that shit you know in these last three months it's like you know we got to know you and so it's just like knowing that I had the support knowing that my like my therapist like literally had to tell me that I'm happier when I'm pro wrestling and then the moment when the moment when you know the spots starting to, the spots starting to make sense it all clicked and I was just like wow that's when I like went home and I was just like crying be like I think I found my place I think I found my place because I never thought I would find my place but I think I found it mm. it now I have to invest in it <laughs> no I'm, I mean I'm glad that that you did find that place and that you are investing in it I mean clearly you are like just from like if you want to break it down just like the some of the the new gear that we've seen you like oh, yes. from Daryl Apparel. Apparel. Yes. Oh my god, love it. Oh god, she has done amazing things because um, if you guys watch RuPaul's Drag Race, there's um, uh, the latest episode of RuPaul's Drag Race US season fourteen. Um, Michelle Visage said pro wrestling. Uh, pro wrestlers are drag queens and that's where I get most of my gear inspirations from it's just like watching drag queens like and how their fashion works and if, if, if like something clicks and makes sense and all that and I'm just like I want it's like I didn't I knew I didn't want to do generic I didn't want to do like the typical gear yeah I knew I didn't want to do typical gear I wanted to do like the obviously the spandex but I also wanted to do lace I wanted to do I also, I also wanted to do some denim. I wanted to put some, I wanted to put some, you know, you know, pizzazz into it to make me who I am and, and all that stuff. <laughs> and so like Daryl Apparel is, you know, Val is amazing at that and, you know, created my, you know, created my ideas. And every time, you know, every time I wear, I feel, I feel more myself and I feel more comfortable as when I step into the ring and be, and, you know, go into you know Matteo Valentine mode it's like when I feel those I'm like okay I am this I am this blah blah, blah. yeah no it has a very tangible effect like yeah. it's it's a connection to this this part of you that allows you to 
like fully express who you exactly. are in, you know, so I totally understand that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I want to go back a little bit to some when we were talking about like the, the grinder element of stuff and, and your moniker, because like to me, and, and you mentioned this, it really feels like you're, you, by putting this together, um, you were on this like personal reclamation project in a way. Oh yes. And, and, and I always find these things fascinating, especially when it comes to obviously to marginalized groups, because especially with and the LGBTQ community, you know, I think we have done a lot of work to reclaim terms um, within our own community. And but it's also very white. I'm sorry. Oh, no. No, I'm sorry. Go for it. I'm sorry. Go for it. I'm tell sorry. me. Tell me. Tell me. Tell I, 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 I really, I really do. I don't want to get heat. I don't want to. Um, <laughs> I have. It's 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 like yeah. It's the LGBTQ plus has done a lot of you know a lot of great things. A lot of you know amazing things. We have you know big gay brunch. We have Effie's big gay block. We have you know hood slam. We have all the all these you know progressing vibe all that and it's so and it's you know amazing and 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 everything and it's just like aside from it's like for me it's like it's for me representation like racial representation is a huge thing for me mm -hmm. and so it's just like I don't know how to say this without offending a lot of people um um i know i won't get the same i won't get as much as uh let me say this i won't get as much opportunity as um my more racially societally dominant uh lgbtq plus counterparts hmm. um i understand that i understand um and you know that comes with a lot of uh, it, 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 I, there's a lot of talk that needs to be done about white male privilege that needs to be there's needs to be talk about um, cis white you know hetero passive um, privilege and all that stuff um, I completely understand that I've accepted it because you know that's how that's how the way the world works um, I just wish that, um, you know, for people who preach about diversity, again, that when we come back about diversity and all that stuff, um, that, you know, I want to see people who look like me in those, sorry, I'm getting emotional, um, who look like me in those, in, in the card. You know, and all that. I want to see. I, I, I want to see a Devin Monroe more than just Effie's Big Gay Brunch. I want to see Ashton Star more than just a Big Gay Brunch, or, or um, for the culture. Um, I want to see Kid Bandit more. In, in, in all, in all these other places, you know. And just like it's like for me, people is like have it's like having more people of color featured and all that stuff. It's like, it, that's so important because most of us were told 
like through TV or film or like through YouTube and all that stuff. It's just like, you know, they don't see our stories. They don't, they don't, they don't, they don't look at us. They don't, you know, if you don't see us then you know, it's ignorant, you know, unfortunately ignorance is bliss. And so they don't understand our stories or all that stuff, or we are presented in a different light. And so one of the biggest things that I ever wanted, it's like that I wanted to take away from my theater experience to my pro wrestling experience was I wanted Asian, I wanted Asian American um, representation to really be seen and heard and understand <laughs> and understand that, you know, we are, we are, you know, we are heard, you know, you eat our food, <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's what I say all the time. It's just like, it's, it's, that's what I say all the time. It's just like, how come, how come you can't present us yet? You eat our food. Yeah. Um, and that's what, and that's what's, and that's what sucks. Um, there's a lot of talk, uh, you know, that needs to be discussed about um, white male privilege, but we can't have that talk because sometimes it hurts egos and all that. And I completely understand that for me, um, I'll probably never get on those shows. Never, I'll, I'll, I won't know. I won't know, but sometimes it's just like, for me, I think it might be, I'm, it might be um, a trauma that I, ha I had when I was an actor, when I was told that, uh, when I was like truthfully told from, from, a per from a person who was in the acting business for a long time being like, I'm gonna tell you straight up and straight out, I know you like acting and I know you like performing. It's going to be slim pickings for you. Mm. it's going to be it's going to be slim pickings for you unless you can do an accent unless you can unless you can do an accent or else or else you can or else you want to stereotype yourself into a culture that's probably only like one way that's probably going to be the way to get books and pro wrestling you know it, it, it's really taught me it really taught me I can be like human I can be I could be, I be, can be all this, all this stuff, but it was just like, for me, I knew that I like pushing myself to be this fat femme Asian and all that stuff. It's like, not a lot of people are going to probably book me because they probably have another Asian. They probably have all these other, you know, things and all that stuff it just takes that opportunity again it's like when you i, I can guarantee I, I can guarantee you as like if you ask any person any person uh, any person uh person of color in the entertainment business it just takes an opportunity we just need opportunities to shine and to be featured and the rest is history yeah it's like every time that i'm on a show i'm on a wrestling show and i see and i see fellow Asian Americans there, you know, first of all, they're like, are you Filipino? I'm like, of course I am, blah, blah, blah. But they're just like, thank you so much. It's like, I never thought, I, I never thought I would see like an Asian here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to, I just want to remind people that. I just want to, I just want people who are listening to like remind people that it's like, people are saying, you know, people are saying to me, I never thought that people like me would be performing in this space yeah again it's that opportunity it's that opportunity just to perform i mean at the end of the day that's you get into this this line of work 
Like it's really about the performance and the desire to do it. It's yeah. yeah, It's the desire and the performance to do it. But then, you know, you also have to understand that it's a business. Yeah. You know, not a lot of people can be booked with it. And sometimes how you, and sometimes how you look like is definitely one of the deciding factors. Yeah. Is that one of the, the reasons, I mean, obviously it's a, it's a reason, but is that one of the main reasons why you are so outspoken about Asian American representation in pro wrestling? Exactly. I'm, 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 I, I, it's like, cause I love, I love people forget about the American part when they think of, when they think of, you know, Asian wrestlers, because when they think of Asian wrestlers, they think of like, oh, they're all the way from, you know, Japan, you know, Japan, you know, hard hitting, you know, blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, you know, Emi Sakura, you know, all the, all the, the Joshi girls, Asuka, Saray, um, Mesa Ruga, Mako Satomura. We forget about, it's like, we forget about the, 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 there are, Asian Americans. And that's why I love seeing Wendy Chu. That's why I love seeing Wendy Chu in NXT because just ha- just like just seeing her being like the Snorlax of NXT. <laughs> it, 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 it makes it makes me so excited because I'm just like this, it's like I'm so glad that I'm it's like I we it's it just shows like the multifaceted how that can be you know how multifaceted you know asian americans can be and all that stuff so it's like when i see kid bandit and all that stuff it's like being the protagonist of pro wrestling you know to you know being the being the anime you know manga you know we i'm like oh my god this is amazing and all that stuff seeing you know vixen you know, being mm. the being the punk rock, you know, Vietnamese like champion and all that stuff, and it's just like Shotzi Blackheart. Yes, it's like it just it's like we are more than just the foreigner. We are more than just like we speak in. We are more than just the immigrant role. Yeah. And that is, that is one thing I've liked about seeing with Chu on NXT as well is that like her persona uh, on the show is not like as we've seen historically in pro wrestling, it is not like based solely on like her ethnicity. It's yeah. not solely based on her race. You know, it's anybody can be the Snorlax of NXT, but Wendy Chu is the Snorlax of NXT because she can pull that off better than anybody else there you know like she she's putting an element of herself in there that is not like basically just making her a derivative of her race and that's really where the continued evolution of characters in in pro wrestling can go and i totally understand why that along with some of the other names walking wild is part of legato del fantasma exactly yeah i'm like i'm like dude i'm just like oh my god it's just like kaden carter you know, I'm so, I really just, because I was, because, because, you know, I didn't want to just be a caricature, even though, you know, I do love my culture and I do love my identity and all that. It was just like, there, there's just a lot of 
growing pains with that, I think. Um, I'm scared for what I'm saying right now is gonna get me heat. Like right now, I'm like scared of like what I said about white privilege and all that <laughs> shit. It's like, it's gonna get me so much heat that I'm not gonna get books anymore. Oh my God. I really need to learn how to take some like interview like class and all that shit because it's just like, again, but I will, I will say this again. I, I will say, I, but I will preface it with this. My culture, I'm taught, I'm taught to not try to make waves. Mm-hmm. I'm told to be grateful for what I have and just move on with it. No matter what the trauma is, I'm told to say yes the entire time because I should be, I should be thankful for these opportunities and all that. And so it's just like, I have this anxiety. I have this worry, even though I did take my SSRIs today that I, it's like what I'm saying might get me heat, might get me in so much trouble with so many people that I, you know, I, you know, that might not know me, that might know me. And I'm just, I think that's the people pleaser in me, but I'm just like, this is me. And I, and this is my therapist talking. It's like, this feeling is valid. This feeling is true and it's going to pass through. And so, <laughs> and so it's just like, I am so, I, it's like right now I'm, I'm like feeling like so scared <laughs> for what I'm saying about like everything, but I do love pro wrestling. I do love pro wrestling. Please book me. Oh my God. Alright, Yens. Thank you so much for tuning in to LGBT in the Ring. Um, we'll get right back into the thick of things, but I do want to take a pause real quick and say thank you to some amazing people that make this show as rad as it is. Starting off with Daniel Quasar, the Progress Pride flag designed by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at Quasar.digital. A big thank you to Sarah in the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666, off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahinthesafeword.bandcamp.com. Um, check out independentwrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. Uh, you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod or visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and peruse their entire library uh, over there at independentwrestling.tv. Once again, promo code LGBTRingPod or go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT check out that service uh, you can follow the show on twitter at lgbt ring pod you can follow me on twitter at wonderboy otm and if you're into video games definitely check out my video game news show the mr video game super show i co-host that with uh, twitch streamers slacker kite and lady Merwin every monday at 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m pacific over on twitch.tv slash dead sun entertainment uh, it's your weekly roundup of gaming news, uh, and it's always a blast. So once again, check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Sun like the star. We'll be right back with more LGBT in the ring. No, I mean, it's one of those things. I, 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 I kind of chalk this up to like the nature that Twitter discourse can take on. Oh, yeah. In a way. Because, like, I feel like so many people lose sight of the fact that you can really love something, but also critique it and also push it to be better. Because the things you bring up around, like, white privilege, um, you know, 
straight passing privilege, all, a number of these things that like directly affect the LGBTQ community in any realm, not just pro wrestling, but and also the wider community as a whole too. Like these are things that have been brought up countless times over the years and have not been properly addressed in 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 the various ways that they are. Um, I mean, let's be real. Like the one of the main reasons why. The, like just the name Marshall P. Johnson has gotten such a resurgence in the past few years is because of people not buying into some of the rewritten histories around Stonewall. Yeah, you know, and not realizing. Like gays forget about Marsha, about Marsha, about Crystal LaBeija, yeah. about you know, all the all the gay lingo, all all like the gay lingo that we use today has, and all it's like our rights wouldn't have been have been done if it wasn't for black and latinx latine trans the trans community and all that stuff and we really need to thank them and it's just like some of that you know it's just like yeah yeah i mean even going back to like uh, you know people talk about stonewall a lot like hardly anybody talk about talks about the, like the the san francisco um riots that occurred like years before yep. that you know, and and to know like that that community was basically like led by uh, another group of racially diverse trans Filipinos. trans women, yeah, Filipino, Black, um, Latinx, like all like so much about queer history gets rewritten sometimes in a lot of people's minds because of the same power structures that are there that have that hold the pencil, you know, and like that can translate directly into pro wrestling. In, in a way so i totally understand like those are completely valid criticisms and things it's that just, need to i be don't addressed. know it, it's just i don't i don't know if we're ready for to have that conversation i don't think anybody's ready to have that conversation i i don't know if you know some promotions are ready to have that conversation yet um because what I, because it's just like what happened with we see white american theater is that it really highlighted the institute what i loved about um Unfortunately, okay, so we see white American theater happened and speaking out movement happened Yeah, at the same time. At the same time. That was a hell of a summer. Oh my God, that God. summer was like so good. And, but like, thank, thank God for people who were speaking out and people who were, um, and people who were um, exposing like theater, theater abuses as well. I was one that was speaking out about against theater abuses, um, and I, I knew some people that were speaking out, part of the speaking out movement and all that stuff. But what I loved about the speaking out movement is that these pro like the pro wrestling community, and like the pro and like bookers and all that stuff were just like, we're not doing this shit. Cut your your you know your cut your cut, cut them. Um, you know, sashay away, blah blah blah, get the fuck out of here. You're not welcome in this community. Yada yada yada. Theater took a longer. Theater is still taking their time, mm. because the because the it was it's institutional. It's institutional while pro wrestling was just like, hey, we know that this is fucked up. Go. And that's why that's why I really love that. That's why I appreciate pro wrestling a little bit more than theater because it's just like any kind of bullshittery like it can get called out and people will just be like yeah this happened and it's like oh yeah fuck that yeah yeah it definitely seems like people are much much quicker to just like 
cut out the pieces, at least in some parts of pro wrestling. In some they're, parts. Yeah, they are much more apt, just like, no, nah, just cut out the problem and, and, and you know, we're not going to deal with that anymore. So, um, yeah, like I can totally see how like being in both of those worlds and seeing both of those things play out in that way that that seeing how wrestling would would kind of inform a a lot of that frustration that you had with the theater world as well yeah Mm. well i did want to ask you um about your uh your tag team or i guess sometimes rivalry now with joey mayberry Okay, <laughs> Joey Mayberry and I, um, I think it was because like Joey and I, we were kind of like the two gays in the village and they kind of like wanted to force us to tag and like, we kind of like, are we going to be a tag team because we're both gay, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It, it, it almost kind of felt like that. But then like slowly slowly like we really it's like i'm gonna fuck it, i'm gonna put him over um he like without him i wouldn't be my i wouldn't be who mateo valentine is mm. also um, without joey without joey i wouldn't be as skilled and without joey i wouldn't have moves um or a sequence or a sequence of moves. Um, I think it's like we it's it's he is like we complement each other very well. Whether we like it or not, whether we notice it or not. Um, I'm excited, I, you know. Um, and you know, we, we, we are a tag team on occasion now um because i'm it's like i'm kind of like i'm in many tag teams ryan (laughs) i was with joey i was with joey but now joey on occasion i'm now with jack moody as part of big mood and i'm part and i'm with uh hot rod daddy andy uh magic michael wendorf and mugsy james as part of the casting couch and so i'm part of so many tag teams and all that stuff and so it's just like it's so fun to have Joey there just to enjoy the ride just enjoy, just to really like really enjoy the ride and just like for me I can just like really trust him I can just be like listen I'm just feeling like this kind of like shitty situation and I don't know how to react to it blah blah, blah. you know I true I, like a, like truly a wrestling sis or like a truly wrestling sister for me and I and I and I and I love him now time to bury him um he probably has the best word game that you will ever ever have and so just be prepared that when he does a promo you just might want to smack the shit out of him (laughs) there is proof if you go to uh prowrestlingshoots.com where uh I slapped the shit out of him and he called he said that I had no potential and I was living up to it. I just like slapped the shit out of him. Served it. You do what you gotta do. Do what I gotta do. I do what's needed to be done. Exactly. <laughs> uh yeah. Um, but 
Joey and I have amazing, I believe, I hope people think that we have amazing chemistry together. I think so you do. Like, and so it's just like, whether it's tag team or against each other, it's just like, it's going to be something, it's going to be a banger, but it's going to be a different kind of banger than people might believe in pro wrestling. Yeah. No, I, I definitely think that y'all, that y'all have a, a, a very fun chemistry and, and dynamic no, no matter how, how what kind of combination y'all are, are are in in a match, and um, I don't know, it's it's been one of the more interesting like relationships to watch in the Chicago scene. Yeah, Especially, it's, yeah. It's, oh, very, sorry, go ahead. it's it's so fun. It's just so fun to see. It's like it's like I just want him. I I kind of I want him to be booked where I am sometimes to be like let's just like have a match together and like just like see what works and all that. We'll just mm-hmm. shit, whatever, and then boom. It almost seems like there's like a different kind of freedom when it comes to like you and, and Joey working together in that way. I don't know. But you talk about like being on like same shows with them. Obviously, we can't have you on and not talk about NLS is for everyone. Oh my god, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, first of all, okay, yes. NLS is NLS is for everyone. An amazing show, an amazing show. I freaking like, like so many people, like so many people, like, like not just wrestlers, but like, so, like you never thought like people would come and all that stuff. It was just like really more of like Coda, Jacks, Johnsons, and uh, Saving Gage's Passion Project, and love for it. I was the stage manager, mm-hmm. Brian. Mm-hmm. How many people were part of that production? How many do you think? I mean, just based off of my very rudimentary knowledge of running an independent pro wrestling show, I would say uh, you. I had to, I had to stage manage over a crew of fifty people. Whoa! And that wasn't just the wrestlers. <laughs> wow okay um and i was the uh and then but i got a shout out my uh wonderful uh crew um russell odair morgan Aris, cameron rathel um derek uh derek pro wrestling shoots wrestling with unicorns val capone and um Trevor Outlaw because they were doing a lot of the not only they were doing the videography but um videography commentary and all that they were also like my crew to do sound to do ring to do timekeeping you know I had you know Alfonso help like help out get like stuff out of the ring and all that stuff. So imagine, and, and like for me, I'm in, you know, for me, I'm setting up sound, I'm setting up, you know, cues, making sure the sound's okay, making sure that the mic's okay, yada, yada, you know, then you're told that you got two pre-show matches that you got to, that you got to program and all that stuff. And you're at the last minute and you're just like, Oh, and then, but that all, and then, and then, um, you know, you made sure that you created, you made sure that you created sign-in sheet, you created, you created the card, you created, you created a, you created out of your own, you know, out of your own passion, you created a um, pronoun cheat sheet Mm. for the commentator, for the commentators and the announcers, 
for the announcer to make sure that no one gets, you know, their pronouns like fucked up and all that shit. You know, that was a, that was an important part for me. And then I had to wrestle too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine. Um, I am so thankful for my, for Russell Rogue and Aesop Mitchell for, um, understanding i had to go through so much shit the day of because i was just like i have it's just like okay we'll call this we'll call this we'll call this blah 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 um and i was just so grateful that they really understood that we're just like dude you are do it you are making sure everything doesn't go wrong <laughs> because if it goes wrong it's on you and you're making and they're making sure and you are looking like everything's all good right now um, but I cannot thank LGBT in the ring and you, Brian, so much, um, because, um, I'm going to cry. I'm going to get emotional again. Um, just having your, just when we found out, when I found out that you and the podcast were sponsoring our match, it was the same person who does this podcast, the same person who does articles for Outsports, the same person who does the QWI top 200 LGBTQ plus wrestlers in the world is sponsoring little old me, Aesop Mitchell and Russell Rogue, who were probably in like the, in like the, in like the bottom, it's like the less, uh, you know, 100, the 200 to 100 in between and all those stuff, the QWI. Is sponsoring that because you know normally it's like when I, I, it's like normally I would be like oh it's I would be like oh yeah it should be sponsoring like MV Young's match or should be sponsoring like if Effie was here Effie's match or something like that it's like bigger names you know of Ziggy Hyam or you know all that stuff but it's just like seeing when I found out that you y'all were sponsoring our match it was just so. I think I was, I think I was like, I was like, I think I was crying into my pasta or something like that. Mm. Or I was like either, uh, or something because I, it's just like, again, it was the imposter syndrome being like, I can't believe like they would want to sponsor my match. Like my match is like, y'all should be, it's like, you should be, it's like, like for me, I was like, almost like, yell, I was yelling out of the air. It's like, Brian, you should be sponsoring Ziggy Hyams or like, Brian, you should be sponsoring, you know, Joey Mayberry and MV Young's match and all that stuff. Mine, mine is just like a triple threat match with people that, you know, Aesop Mitchell's not ranked or, and then it's just like, and I, I'm 120, you know, 121 and, you know, Russell, you know, Russell's, a, you know, Russell's there, you know, not is like a little bit you know places below me and all that shit and it it, it was just like it, like for me it's like having having that just showed it's just like the future the future is coming the future you know the present you know is there but like the future like rising stars of the lgbtq plus wrestling movement and all that stuff is on the up and up and it was just so um trying not to cry um it was just so um symbolic just saying just being like having that kind of um 
symbolism right there. It, it, it meant a lot to, it meant a lot for all three of us and all that. And so I think, I, th I think, I thank you. I thank you because it just showed that it, it really is like having that and then doing the show. I always, I said it, I said it the day, I said it the day of, I was completely exhausted after that because I was stage managing and I was all that shit. Like have like the sponsorship, the match and the entire show, the word of the day was validation. It's like, I felt like this finally was what I was supposed to do. And yeah. it, it was, it was ty tiring, of course, because I was just like, I, I got my ass kicked. I took most of the heat. Oh my God. I took most of the moves. Holy shit. And now I'm, like, I'm looking back at it. Um, but I wanted to highlight my friends so they could, so they could be um, featured more and all that shit. Um, but going back again, Brian, thank you so much. Um, you'll see a little, um, Yes, we did. I did shout you out. I did shout you out. I did see that. Yes, I did. I did shout you out. But there's a little thing before the match even starts too, as like as like a little thing that I I wanted to pop myself for it. I wanted to pop myself for it. But I was just like, why didn't? Why am I not seeing? Why am I not seeing this anywhere in in gay wrestling history? Why am I not seeing this shit? I'm, and um, um, let's just say that if you watch RuPaul's Drag Race and you know what happens at the end of at the end of um every every episode um mm -hmm. y'all are gonna get that <laughs> well i i am excited to, to see like that i was already excited to see the show obviously i can't wait for it to, to hit iwtv which by the way there you, there's your there's your iwtv yeah that's too. my iwtv debut yeah it's I'm gonna awesome. be. I I don't know if I don't know how I'm gonna look because I'm gonna be so I, either I'm gonna be so tired or I'm gonna look so stressed and just being like, being like, and I have to keep on telling me like, uh, keep in mind I was stage managing and making sure that I think everything was on time. I knew I was going over because of like I was doing all this shit. I was promoing and I was doing this and then the match happened. I'm just like I'm sorry, <laughs> but right, but LGBT in the ring is sponsoring and this is a special moment. This is their moment. No, uh, I, I will say when I saw the, the the clip that you put out of the the promo, or like, like the portion of the promo mm -hmm. ahead of the match, you know, shouting out the show, um, it was, it was very very special to me as well. Um, you know, like I, I I told you this before we hit record, but that whenever you released that, it was like on my birthday, so it was like a birthday present to me. I think I tweeted about that um but you deserve it you deserve every single thing because yeah, I, I always say it to people I always say it to people whether whether you wrestle whether you're wrestling whether you're wrestling or whether you're ringing the bell whether you're you know helping with music or if you're if you're a wrestling correspondent or you're a writer you are helping to contribute to the wrestling business and you should be recognized for that talent and you should be recognized for that and so just like you deserve all the you deserve all the things you deserve the shout outs you deserve you know all the thank yous because of all the work that you do and i do truly appreciate that mateo i am terrible at taking praise, oh of course, but... of course 
have you ever have you ever have you ever told her have you ever seen a pro wrestler being like yeah tell me all the compliments no oh totally (laughs) oh serious no i was sarcasm okay (laughs) yeah it's like it's it's like it's like we don't want to hear compliments just tell me how just tell me how i can be shittier just tell tell me that's like what was shitty and how can i make it less shittier and all that stuff it's like we don't do well with compliments we don't do well with compliments but we do but we do give flowers when they are deserved and so i am giving you your flowers because you know for our match it was for our for our little match and you know having that it was like it was a big for all three of us and we were so eternally thankful for it because we were just because all of us were just like the fuck it's like our match not mv's match not ziggy hyan's match not miles don't die miles's match okay cool work (laughs) no can i can i tell you a little bit about my thought process behind why what was the thought process i'm actually curious okay so Specific to to your match, um, I looked at I looked at the card once once Coda had announced everything, and I was like, okay, who who do I personally feel like I want to put my my that my support behind here? You know, I I try and be very um, particular about like promotions that I do sponsorships for and who on those shows I, I do completely reasonable. Yeah. And it's not just because I want to like attach like the promotional aspect of it in terms of like being associated with the largest name on a card, but it's more so like I look at who I personally enjoy and who I feel um, may possibly be underserved and deserving of more spotlight. And whenever I also, I look at the, the, what, people that i that i want that sponsored like put out into the world as well and you know going back to the three of y'all russell i have you know russell's been on the podcast previously russell has been an outstanding um advocate um you know for the community and making sure that their voice never is silenced when it comes to these issues they are very very out there very very outspoken same goes for you i'm I'm not as familiar with Aesop, I will yeah. admit. Yeah, Aesop, yeah, Aesop is, Aesop, I like to call a hidden gem, a very, a, a hidden gem in the, in the, uh, in the Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana scene. Mm-hmm. Normally based out of Wisconsin, he's very character-based and he's very, he's a very, uh, he's a very caring and giving person. And so it's like, for me, for me, um, I want, I, I want, uh, so backstory of NLS is, um, Mm -hmm. sorry. Um, No, you're fine. They essentially, so when they told me, it's like, oh, we want to do a show, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, make sure you guys actually just secure, just secure a venue, just secure a venue and let me know. I'll handle my expertise, all that stuff. I'll do my stage managing expertise if you need it, blah, blah, blah. They secured the deposit. Okay work they come up to me and it's like who do you want Mm. and I was like what I never got that I never got the who you want kind of kind of thing I knew for me for me you know 
there was there was a couple of people that I wanted. I wanted uh, Tyler Sullivan um, because Tyler is an incredible, incredible, aggressive wrestler. Like, will it's like I knew just having that my having the having those two different dy- dynamics of like him being this incredible, aggressive, never say die wrestler and me would just bring so much comedy and I also wanted to bring in Russell because Russell you know we met during we knew each other on social media and I knew that I wanted I wanted to feature him somehow I knew that he was in Pittsburgh to go to see him at CMU to um get his uh to get his um to get his master's and I wanted and I knew I wanted to bring him back I wanted I wanted to make sure that I, I knew I wanted to bring him back I wanted to bring him back to the to the biz and all that stuff. Unfortunately, Tyler couldn't make it because uh, Kyle, Tyler couldn't do it because he had an injury. And so both of us, and so I was like, who else? Who else? Blah, blah, blah. And it turns out, and like, I knew about Aesop. I knew, I knew Aesop because like, we kind of run around each other in the same, in, in anytime I, every time I see him, it's just like, I see him all around and all that stuff. And so I just like, I wanted him when, when, um, Russell lived in Minnesota. He wrestled with Aesop as well. And so I knew I knew I wanted that. The character, you know, the you know, the bad bit, you know, all that stuff. It would it would be amazing. And so and it was also for me being you could have asked me, it's like, who do you want, Effie? Yeah. And be young. Who do you want? Um Kita, your heart. I just, but I knew, I knew in my heart, I could, I could have asked for those people and they could have tried so hard. They, and they could try so hard and they tried hard with Effie. They tried to get me Effie, you know, shout out Effie. Hi. Well, they tried to get me Effie. They tried to get me Effie. And I was just like, wow, thank you. You guys are getting me Effie. If you guys, if you guys can, it's like, I'll help you with, I'll help you with like, I'll help you with the pay. I'll help you with the airfare. Da, 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 da. And, but I, but it, in my heart, I was just like, in my, it's like, I knew that would be a great, like, big career thing for me, you know, to fight all the big names, Funny Bone, um, Ziggy, uh, Key to Your Heart, Billy Dixon, all that stuff. But like, for me, I really, really cared about the people who were on the up and up and on the upcoming. Like, yeah. I want to give, I want to give them those, that spotlight with me. I wanted, it's like, it's, it's like, it's like, I, it's like for me now, now that I know, now that my network has even opened even more, I want to fight, I want to fight people like Sassy. I want to fight people like Logan, like Logan Black, you know, I want to fight, I want to fight Garnet and all them, you know, Kid Kid Bannon and I, (laughs) um, You know, William, uh, shout out. And then I, I would have, I want to fight William Blackwell too. You know, mm. I want to give those people who are quite not well known. It's like, for me, it's like my heart is more fulfilled when I give the people who thought they would never get a spotlight to be who they were and be as openly themselves as all that stuff and give them that spotlight to be like, here you go, be yourself. And all that stuff. It's like that for like from I'm a very giving person. I'm a very giving person. And so I'm very, it's like, so I it's like for me, I knew in my heart that I wanted to feature Aesop and Russell 
because I knew that having that, like having their, having their spotlight featured, having their, having themselves featured and have giving them the spotlight was just so, more, was like more artistically satisfactory for me because I knew how, how they, how that was going to change, how that was going to change them. You know, again, it's that theme of opportunity. And so for me, I'm like, I'm, I'm more happy. I'm more happy with that. I'm more happy than would I, would I want to face Afi? Of course. Would I want to face Funny Bump? Of course. Would I want to face Keter Heart, Your Heart? Of course. Would I want to face, you know, Donnie Janelle, Kung Fu Janela? Hell yeah. But I would probably be blushing because I have a huge, massive crush on him. But still, <laughs> I'm like, I, it's like, for me, it's just like, I love just seeing people who I feel like dessert, like, I feel like I, I, want them spotlighted to, to and I want to I want to give them that spotlight you know what I mean yeah I mean I, I think it falls right in line with my thought process on sponsoring matches and and who I choose to sponsor in that sort of way you know and honestly it even goes back to like a lot of the stuff that I do like just for work like whether it be for out sports or for what the QWI the QWI like I'll, I'll be I'll be okay so that whole that list like originated as an unranked thing i went to i did the rank thing this year because i felt like okay if we're gonna do a list like in these beach i want my community to be to to have the same sort of like treatment that the rest of the progress <laughs> like the PWI. yes like i want to do that and also billy dixon just keeps challenging me to do shit shout out billy um hey, <laughs> so but at the at the heart of it though the qwy is basically the same mission that you just described it's about finding people that need to have eyes on them that need to be shown that they have a community that they belong in with pro wrestling because like you know not all of them might necessarily feel that way and it's about like putting that spotlight on all of those people and and that's the same kind of ethos that i put into doing sponsorships and and podcasts and pretty much anything that i do so yeah, like I guess the the short story of it is like I sponsored y'all because like I felt that y'all deserved that spotlight. In you know, no no shade to like MV or Miles or or Ziggy or any of them because like they are awesome and they know that they know that I that I think that they are awesome. But whenever you have a stage like that, um, I think it's right to kind of put that force that you have behind someone that you want to see continue to rise in that way mm -hmm. and that's what i saw with you and, and russell and with aesop and i i'm excited to see the match whenever it comes out because like i know what you and russell are capable of i have done a little bit i've gone back and watched a little bit of aesop since uh since uh all of the the match announcement and everything came out and i'm excited to see what the three of y'all put together i've heard it was very very gay so. <laughs> mhm. Mm yep. Yep. It was. Uh. It was. Yeah. It was very gay. It was very queer. Mm. I love it. I get. It's just like, like for me, I'm just so very self-critical of my matches, and so I'm just like, oh, I, I hope, I hope you like it. I hope you enjoy it. It's stupid as fuck, but it's it's a triple threat, and I'm just like, oh. 
<laughs> I hope Yo. you enjoy. I hope you enjoy it when it find, when it comes out to IWTV. I am in, uh, still as a stage manager. Uh, it is currently um, NLS is forever is currently. Um, it's in the editing process. It's still it's um, um it's like it still needs to do some syncs, still needs to do some audio syncs and all that stuff. But um, it's going to be up there. It's going to be up there. We are, you know, on schedule with the turnaround time, and it's gonna it's it's gonna be amazing. I cannot wait. Hmm. Can you give like any any idea of like when it might be released? Like obviously you don't know, might not know like a date per se, but like I wouldn't know for sure. But mm-hmm. I would I would expect it to be at least if it was filmed in March. Okay, March fifth. It would be almost around the. I would say probably the end of March, early April. Okay, that's kind of what I was expecting. So like I yeah. I don't know I'm excited I I really am it was yeah. like it's just and like y'all's match I'm I'm excited to see it the whole card like was just top to bottom like so good and you know a lot of like very memorable and significant moments for a lot of individuals on that show like yeah. obviously Alice Crowley with yes. Heather Reckless and Kylie oh, Ray yes my God like like. I was in the back and like I was in the back and pe- and like people were just like saying like things like I never thought I would be able to fight people like Kylie Ray mm. or Heather Reckless or it's like for me it's like or I heard people say I never I was like I never thought like Saban would be facing Anthony Henry I never thought you know Joey and M- Joey and MV like they were they worked together like 10 years they they knew they 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 knew and then like ten years apart and then it's like what and then like having having Coda's dr- one of Coda's dream opponents with Ziggy it was it was oh god and Miles main eventing in his hometown oh my god it was all emo it's like again we were all emotional we were all like oh my god happening yada 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 blah 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 but i will say i will say i'm not a huge fan of blood i will not be a huge fan of blood but i will say a good highlight match for me was the um match between Drew montgomery and vic capri i had a feeling as soon as you said blood yep i'm not a fan of blood I'm not, yeah. a, I'm not, I'm not a fan of blood because it's just like, especially when it comes to death matches, because I am a highly functioning anxiety ridden depressive person. And so it's just like, for me, it's like, whenever I see people, it's like, if, whenever I see people, you know, if, if I have to do that, you know, it's like seeing that might trigger me and might have me being a Lord to it and all that stuff that comes out of self-harm, but we can have that conversation later. But it was just like, um, having that doom Doom was so scared to fight Vic and all that. And so I was trying to be like mom, being like, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. I told, you know, Vic that, you know, that, you know, you like to kick, you know, you like to kick, you like to strike, you like to do like NJBW stuff. And Vic was like, I love that. We're going to just totally kill each other and not bump. And you are going, and he's going, and, and like, he is going, and like, if he's into it, he can gig. And then I told him that he was like, oh, this is going to be amazing. And he, I'm still mad at him for doing it, but he had the match of his life. And I was like, for me, it's like, it's like, you know, like most, like we came from the same school and all that stuff. And like seeing that, I'm just like, 
it's like it's like being mom it's like seeing my babies like having like the time of their lives and all that stuff it's like if like seeing them succeed like succeed and feeling good makes me feel good all that shit and I'm like I'm so glad that you guys that you you had that so be on the lookout for that match um obviously look at my match because it's going to be bun noodles it's going to be amazing because (laughs) guess who sponsored it but uh, (laughs) and also the best part of the show was um after like every is like even though it was like so long even though it was so long and all that stuff everyone said that how like the best compliment that you can get for me as in my opinion as a stage manager is when people say like how fluid and how like how fluid and how and how like how well the pace was Mm. technical wise for the show yeah and I was just like that was probably like one of the best compliments I ever gotten because like this is it's like that was like part of my job it's just like I didn't want I didn't want the wrestlers to worry about this I didn't want the wrestlers not to worry about that I didn't want to have the wrestlers have to worry about you know tear down put down blah 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 I wanted them to focus on what they are wrestlers I want them to wrestle and they, it's like those little details, those little details, even like, even like have, making sure that the commentators got their pronouns right. Nip that in the butt, give them a pronoun sheet. Yeah. You know, all that stuff. You know, it was having that, when people told me that, I was like, oh, thank God. I did my job right, at least. I did the one part of my job well, at least. <laughs> I don't I have know about a, the wrestling. I, don't I know have a feeling you did every part of your, of your jobs on that show pretty well so obviously i can't say it because i haven't seen the full match but from what i've seen so far i'd say you did pretty well mm-hmm. so no i i'm i'm excited to see it you know i'm I, excited I, to see it too yeah uh, i hope people i hope people enjoy it i hope people i hope like promotions um take a look at it um and just being like oh yeah like oh yeah this shit's really good like who is this you know aesop mitchell you know, who is this Coda Holiday? You know, who is this Jax Johnson, Saban Gage, you know, Du Montgomery, you know, Vic Capri is a legend here and it's just like giving him flower and, you know, deserves all the flowers. And it's like Marche, Rocket, Dote Miles. Like, I want to see them all over. I want to see those people like conquer the East Coast. I want them to see them on like the Limitless and the pro wrestling grind and all that I want to see them at I want to see that I want to see them at like DPW I want to see them you know at Hood Slam and all that and it would just at Agua um EC you know all the way in East Coast ECWA all that stuff because it's just like can't leapfrog I want to see all my friends there I want I really do I just want to see them and just be like seeing them in those spaces just be like thank you so much because it's just like knowing knowing that those places are kind of like locked because they have we all have our own little tribes and our own little group just seeing that and all that just like have give people giving them the opportunity to be like hey are you willing to drive all the way up to New Jersey for a show, blah, 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 and people are taking it. I'm just like, yes. Because you never know. You never know from that one show. You never know from that one show. You never know from that one clip from Wrestling with Unicorns. You never know from that, you know, that one spot that you put that you decided to uh, publish on Instagram and all that stuff. Yeah, you never can tell. Like, what's the one thing that's going to put you over that hump and put yeah. you in front of people? and keep building on this so i'm hoping that nls for everyone provides a lot of moments for that for everyone in the card yourself included for yeah. sure yourself included for thank sure you, thank you uh mateo this has been 
awesome. I yeah, oh my really... god. I, I'm so sorry if I <laughs> talked so, so much and I was rambling. Oh my god. You, you have nothing to apologize for. You are totally fine. I've really enjoyed this conversation. I've really enjoyed having oh, a chance to sit down and chat with you. Um, let everybody know where they can find you online and anything oh, yeah. you might have coming up. Um, so right now it is uh, by the time uh, time of uh, time of filming this it is March fourteenth twenty twenty two. It is my birthday week. Um, mm-hmm. My birthday is next week Monday, the March twenty first. I have um, I have a full wrestling weekend this uh, this week. I have Chicago style wrestling at Franklin Park, Illinois. I have Berwyn Championship Wrestling in the Berwyn Eagles Club at Berwyn, Illinois. And then I have Lucha Libre Total at Berwyn, Illinois on Sunday. So it's gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be so tired and it's gonna be my birthday and I'm gonna be like, I deserve this because it's my birthday. Because <laughs> you know what after I'm gonna get because you know what after it I'm gonna get myself a fried chicken and cheesecake factory because that's mm. my that's my that's my that's my go-to every time after like a wrestling weekend or get my ass kicked i'm like i want fried chicken or i want cheesecake factory because guess what that's what my body wants <laughs> but yes you can also find me on instagram at mateo valentine 829 that is m-a-t-e-o-v as in victory a-l as in larry e as in edward n as in nancy t I N E eight two nine and on Twitter at Mateo Valentine eight. Mm. Well, Mateo, thank you again. It's been a blast. We'll have to do this again sometime. Thank you so much. I hope we get to do this as well too. Oh my God. Of course, of course. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you once again to Mateo for taking the time to sit down and chat about his experiences, um, his continued efforts to uh, push Asian American and queer representation in pro wrestling. And also about that lovely, lovely shout out that he gave to myself in the show on uh, NLS is for everyone. Um, <laughs> it's, it's very, very touching on, honestly, it really is. It, and, um, you know, I not really one that, clamors for flowers but i will definitely take the ones that mateo uh gave me during that interview and uh, get a good 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 whiff of them um be on the lookout for the announcement whenever that show is going to be going up on iwtv Uh, it's going to be exciting to see um and keep it tuned here because we got two weeks until mania weekend which means two weeks until just some completely bonkers matches and a very stacked uh, lineup of podcasts reacting or uh, recapping, not reacting, <laughs> recapping uh, a number of those events. Uh, definitely going to be talking about the Big Gay Brunch. Definitely going to be talking about For the Culture. Definitely going to be talking about WrestleMania. We'll see what else we want to cram in there for that week. Last last year we did seven episodes <laughs> covering WrestleMania week and stuff. I don't know if we're going to get that far again, but there's going to be a lot there. But before we get to those, we do have a couple of interesting and fun and big guests, return guests possibly, coming on the show ahead of WrestleMania week. And I am very, very excited for those shows. 
But, alas, you'll have to wait until next week to see uh, just who we have in store for you. Um, but that's okay. That's that's what we do here. We, we try and deliver uh, the best and brightest names in all of queer pro wrestling for you. That is our mission. That is... Oh, God, it's going to be... It's cheesy if I say that's our WrestleMania, right? I don't want to do... Scratch that. We're just going to omit that from there. <laughs> Um, but that does bring us to the end of the show this week. Um, and until we speak again, y'all stay messy, wash your hands, wear your mask, get vaccinated and boosted if you are able to do so. And uh, happy birthday, Mateo Valentine. Every season, right? Bye. Give me the deal